Howdy, gang. Thanks for tuning in to Backcountry and Barbells. How are you? I'm Joe Shimonica. Quick heads up, guys. We do have some show sponsors, and we want to give a tip of the cap to them, and um, please go support our show sponsors. But um, the first one, guys, PR Lifting, based out of Everett, Washington, the providers of quality fitness gear, especially if you're here in the Pacific Northwest. Um, you won't find better shipping options, higher quality gear, and better customer service. So make sure you check those guys out. Go over to prlifting.com. And in fact, they will be sponsoring a really cool contest in upcoming episodes. So um, if you want some free gear, um, pay attention because um, they're providing it. Uh, the other thing we do on this show is support a really worthy foundation called Sendivet. Um, support Sendivet, guys. Go to our website. Go to their website. Um, if you go to our website, you can go to the partners page and you can find information about Sendivet. You can also head on over to um, sendivet.org and you'll see that the Sendivet Foundation has a mission focused on sending our nation's combat injured warriors on various outdoor adventures ventures, excuse me, throughout the United States and the world. The volunteers, donors, and sponsors work really hard, guys, to provide the labor and secure the resources to ensure a safe and positive adventure experience. Um, guys, it's a big mission, whether it's a, uh, um, a wounded warrior, um, someone dealing with PTSD, um, different kinds of hunts, fishing options, send a vet is getting that going. They'll have a big auction coming up soon, and there's lots of ways to support. So listen to the show. Um, again, go over to our partners page and check that out. And you can support Send a Vet. You can also support this show, guys, by uh, you know checking out um, our programs, checking out our progress, and just kind of staying in tune. And the big thing you guys can do is if you really like what you're listening to, please um, head on over to iTunes. Head on over to wherever you're reviewing this podcast. Um, head on over to our website. Review it. Subscribe to it. Um, get involved with it. Um, reach out to us on social media, Instagram. We just wanna, we just wanna know how we're doing. We wanna know um, how we can serve you better. And honestly, the more interaction we get on any front, um, the more this podcast will get out there. Jeremy and I really have a um, a big mission. But um, and and you'll see what some of that mission is on this opening show, show one of Backcountry and Barbells, where we really just try to set some listener expectations what you can expect from us and and honestly those things are all going to relate to um our pillars our priorities which is to help you guys train hunt and live the best lives possible and and we get that going with this episode and this show so thanks a lot for tuning in again check out our show sponsors support the show the best you can and and have a great one guys thank you That's right. Round one, guys. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, giggling here, with, uh, friend. I'm Joe Shamanic. The other guy giggling is uh, Jeremy Day, and this is episode one of Backcountry and Barbells, um, a uh, kind of training, hunting, outdoorsman podcast that Jeremy and I have been um, kind of hatching out for, you know, as, as we've hunted together my first season out here in the Pacific Northwest. So, uh, Jeremy, man, I th- I'm pretty excited to get this going, buddy. Ditto, my friend. It's been a long time coming, and here we are. 
Yeah, that's it. And it all starts, as as many of these things do, with technical difficulties as we uh, sort out different ways to record this. Um, but we, we got through it early in the morning. Um, and I think this that's an interesting beginning, early in the morning, as many hunts begin. Um, so will we record this podcast early? So, um, And uh, what's interesting for me is hunting has actually changed my training habits, which I think is funny. Um, I was never a morning lifter. But after a hunting season, uh, waking up early has gotten uh, pretty easy for me. Do you think how, how important is that to just be motivated as a as you begin your early hunting to think, you know what, I need to spend my time getting up and out of bed? Oh, I think it's super important. Like anything, you know, anything you read about being successful in life and in business and everything, it says you want to exercise right out of the gate first thing in the morning and it sets your precedence for the day. So it's just the same thing as in hunting. You exercise early, you get out there, you're you know, your mind's trained, you're ready to be alert, ready to go, you're fired up and um, ready to get out there and play the game. Yeah, what do they say about that worm and birds? Something about the early one gets them all? Yeah, that's right. So so there it is, folks. So, um, and, and that's what you have to look forward to on this podcast. Great, great quotes and great advice like the early bird gets the worm. Um, we'll try and bring that to you. But um, but in all honesty, um, back country and barbells here is really the marriage of both of ours um, expertise. Um, Jeremy's had a lot of time in the woods. Um, I've had a lot of time, different training modalities. And um, honestly, as I've gone into my first real Western hunting season, um, I have to say that my fitness really helped me. And Another thing that really helped me was um, having the guidance of somebody who knew what they were doing, someone with great woodsmanship, a guy who's um, filled tags, uh, put animals down, um, trophies of all sorts, and um, a freezer full of great protein. So um, I I just thought that the marriage of of what we could bring together could really help folks um, fill their first tags, enjoy the great outdoors, and um, that, that's ultimately um, what we want to bring to the show. Jeremy, when I know you're a busy man. Um, you have wife, kiddos, full-time job. Um, why the heck would you want to start a podcast, in particular a hunting and fitness podcast? Well, you know, Joe, that's a great question. I, I just think it's important to get out there and let other guys know that even though you have a family and you're a businessman and you, you know, you're working, you're doing the daily grind, that you can still get out there. Um, at, on limited time and still be successful and still have a great time and enjoy enjoy the camaraderie with all your friends and everything. So, you know, that, that, that's why I would like to start this podcast is just to let everybody out there know that you can hunt five days a year and still fill the freezer every single year. I love, I love that thought because, you know, and there are a ton of great podcasts out there on training. There's a ton Absolutely. of great podcasts on hunting. Um, but, you know, I would sit there and say as a, as a someone who listens to podcasts a lot, um, sometimes I can get frustrated by the hunting podcasts because you'll hear advice about, you know, follow the moon phase, dictate this, get there, um, scout two days before, um, do that. But, you know, for me, when I think of the guy who could benefit from this podcast, it's the guy who sits down, budgets his time with his wife and decides, okay, this is the four days I have in the woods in early season and this is maybe the weekend or two I have in late season. And this is, no matter what, the day I have to go out hunting and get it done. Um, so I know we have time budgets. We have things going on. So I think that's really important to get forward to our listeners that, you know, ultimately it it's make the best of your time in the woods because not everybody has a lot of time in the woods. 
Exactly. And, and you know, Joe, the, the fitness part about it is so important because when you are out in the woods for f only five days, you need to be in the woods 95% of the time if you can. Yeah. Because that's the way you're going to be successful. That's the way you're going to learn. That's just, you know, that's just kind of the nature of only getting five days in there. You got to take advantage for uh, of every minute that you can. So if there's another hunter in particular who might wonder if this is the podcast for them, maybe, um, you know, road hunting is something that a lot of folks do and you're in the car and, you know, you're, you're maybe finding a nice glassing spot sitting around, but I'd imagine, um, the listener to this would be guys who hunt like we do, where we're for better or worse, we're going to put boots on the ground and we're going to see what's over the next ridge. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're going to um, get to it. Yeah. Because, and, and I think, uh, being fit will allow you to do that, right? I mean, I can sit here Absolutely. and say that um, I accounted for a lot of mistakes and actually avoided a lot of injury because um, I was pretty resilient and able to cover ground. And not only cover ground, but get up when I fell down because uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, mistakes happen out there, right? Absolutely, especially when you start getting fatigued and you're not, you're not used to being going for it for 8, 10, 12 hours a day. That's right. So, um, yeah, so uh, that that busy weekend hunter um, who wants to get out of the truck and um, into the woods um, and, and along along the way giving you guys hunting tips, um, also some fitness tips, uh, training tips so you can so you can um, optimize your time in the woods is, is particularly important. So um, in your mind, Jeremy, um, other other motivations or um another particular person that you think, I, I, I think of the guy who's never filled a tag. I think of the guy maybe who um, maybe he's moved into a new state and not hunted that state. So in some capacity, I think the, the guy that we're also looking to serve is someone uh, undertaking some new aspect of, of their hunting journey. Absolutely. I 100% agree. So when we look at a new hunter in your mind, is there like a... Um, is there one mistake or one thing that you think that new hunter right now should work on um, or should begin doing um, as they look into a new season? Maybe we could even make this kind of time sensitive because it's what um, we're starting a new year. Uh, hunting season just closed. Um, people should be prepping for that new season. So maybe a guy who it's January, March-ish for you guys and, and you got that hunting itch. Um any recommendations for a guy who's never been in the woods from you? Well, you know, the, I think the biggest thing, and it's kind of a mental block, right? It's a, you, you hear a lot of these podcasts and the guys talk about the six by six bull, the seven by seven or the herd bull and all this other stuff. So now these guys are listening to podcasts and then now they think that they have to go out there and shoot a six by six or a seven by seven bull. So I think they need to get out of that mental block and just get out there and be successful. You see a cow or or bull, depending on what you know, what your region is and what the the regulations are, is that you put the hunt on that thing because if you don't, you're not going to learn. You're not going to learn by the mistakes. So I think that's the number one thing is getting away from thinking I got to shoot a six by six or a seven by seven because most guys in their first five to ten years aren't even going to fill a tag. So you might as well take advantage of every opportunity you get to get an animal 
to just take that opportunity. Bro, you're you're talking to one of those guys, <laughs> right? <laughs> but, yeah, and, and I got into this. Um, a buddy, and for I was living in West Point, New York. A buddy invites me on a hunt. I had a great time, and then shortly after that, we move out to Western Washington, where you know I know nobody. Um, one thing leads to another. You commented on my hat, and um, we got talking about elk, and um, fell in love with it. But what I can say is, being on hunts with you, I haven't filled my own tags, but I've been on two successful hunts with Jeremy, and. Um, I will tell you what I didn't realize was you build up this idea of what hunting is when you haven't done it, but then when you do it and you're out there with somebody, it's completely different. And in this aspect, what I'm talking about is what happens after you get an animal down is, I think, one of the harder parts that, that, that I've actually experienced, whether that's you know tracking it or breaking it down, packing it out of the woods, all those different things. So I, I think that idea of... Um, legal animal is so important so you can you can experience the the whole the all the all the joy and and all the suffering and all the hardship that is involved in a full hunt um and that only that's only going to happen if you decide to put just legal animals down and feel some success early absolutely so so yeah change your mindset guys so um yeah uh, from that that hunter's perspective uh just get get that legal animal first you're not going to I mean, I don't know, you know, what, and you can even tell me this, Jeremy, uh, uh, measuring those bulls, you hear different, you hear different words, 300, 350, 400 inch bull. Um, those are, those are few and far between, aren't they, sir? Yeah, I, absolutely. I mean, I've, I've never Phil, I've never got a 300 bull and I've, and I've shot a lot of animals and, um, and I've seen a few, but that's not what I'm hunting. Right. So um, they are few and far and few between. And if you're just going to hunt those, then one out of every 15 times that you get into an animal, you're going to put a stock on them and then you're going to be, then your season's over. Right. And that might be every three years that you get an opportunity like that. So that's why I say just hunt the animal. Yeah. And in particular, the, the success rates amongst even, you know, we look at animal like elk, I think they're about 10%, right? So, um, with archery, yeah, with archery. And then, you know, then when you're on limited time, let's say, you know, early season, um, I was able to spend four days in the woods with you. Um, we had a great early season camp and then late season, I was able to put, uh, four full days together, um, on, on day hunts and, Um, you know, so that's about eight days. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm due, I guess. Right. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) So, so we'll get that going. So we'll fire it up. We're we're looking to get that done. And, um, you know, so Joe, what do you think on like the, um, I mean, going from heavy lifting into a little bit more different world of, um, in the hunting world where you're out there all day doing a little more endurance, what do you think on the, the barbell side of the world, the fitness? Yeah, the fitness side of this is, I think, an interesting thing. Um, I'll tell you, I think I was – there were certain aspects of barbell training that really helped me, and there were some aspects that were a hindrance in the beginning. Um, I can sit here and tell you that one of, one of the things that was interesting is wearing a pack – just wearing a pack for eight hours a day was really rough. Um, but I was, I think I was able to do it because, you know, when you're doing a barbell training and when you're squatting, you're doing power cleans, you're snatching, you're Olympic lifting, you're able to, you're able to take on loads and manage some of that. And, and I think 
as hard as wearing a pack can be, I think I dealt with it really, I dealt with it fine just because I'm used to, to managing load. So if you're, if you're working at a desk, if you're a business guy, you're, you know, if you're a truck driver and, and you're not used to not just picking things up, but actually bearing load and bearing resistance all day and, and working with that, it's amazing how that can fatigue you. And um, if, if you're not doing some sort of resistance training where your body's actually moving the load, I think you, you're going to be putting yourself at a hindrance. So I think in that respect, barbell training um, really helped me. Um, I think I would agree, man, because uh, there's not too many people I've ever hunted with that packed a whole a half an elk out, <laughs> whole hind quarter and a front shoulder. Yeah, so <laughs> two miles. <laughs> yeah, that that was so that we we talk about Jeremy's. Um, Jeremy was successful this year. Put a nice cow down. It was actually a big cow. I think we. She was we, huge. We got, how much meat did we get off that? Two hundred pounds. Yeah, of meat. Two hundred pounds freezer. of meat, folks. Um, yeah, we're not talking. Um, no hide there, no head. Uh, that was just the meat that we all put in our freezers. But, uh, yeah, when you put that thing down, I remember we were sitting there by the creek after we broke it down. I'm doing the math, and I'm like, okay, if I get a if I get a hind and a front, um, we can get out of here in one trip. <laughs> and, uh, and that was boned. Yeah. Everybody, that it still had the, the bones in it. Yep, so the quarters. Um, the quarters, correct. And we did it. Me, you, Dave, um, we slugged that thing out of the woods, and... To be honest, um, I'll tell you too. When you talk about mindset, like I went into the I went into hunting season, in that elk season, wanting to do that. Um, uh, I knew enough to know that the the journey begins after you break that animal down, and then you got to slug that thing out of the woods um, and pack it out. And that's something that I always wanted to do. It's something that um, I knew was kind of like a rite of passage into some degree, like packing an elk out out of some, you know, thick, steep, um, nasty area. Um, I had so much fun doing that. So even the mindset of, oh, shucks, now I have to do the work in ter- versus, oh, man, I'm fired up to, to do the work, I think was is really helpful too, just getting ready to know that, you know, hunting is hard. And I think absolutely in the hard is where you can find a lot of fun. Well, you know, in that hunt, we we had the decision to go two miles uphill, sixteen hundred feet, or two miles downhill, and then walk another nine miles to get back to camp. <laughs> right? Yeah. So you have to be prepared to make that kind of decision, and you're not going to do it if you're fatigued, if you're, you know, if you're completely wiped out, or just not even thinking about it. Right? Yeah, that's right. And two, I think you're. I think by being fit enough to haul the meat out properly and take advantage of a full kill and, and, and pay respect to the animal, you know, when when you do have a, a level of fitness, that also, I think, gives the animal um, the more respect. So the more you can prepare yourself um, to be successful and to, to treat the animal with respect and, and to utilize it properly, I think fitness goes, goes hand in hand with that. Absolutely. So... Um, yeah, so and then the the other side of this conversation or the other side of this question um w- when I started it was um the barbell training probably was somewhat of a hindrance um because with barbell training uh, I probably wasn't doing it right for hunting coming into it. I was doing um so my background is Olympic style weightlifting and kind of before that uh, CrossFit some some CrossFit, but with the Olympic style weightlifting you're really very explosive for short reps and that's not hunting 
Um, I, I can't say that there was ever a moment where, you know, I had to put 200 pounds over my head really fast in the bottom of a squat. So if you, if you guys know what a, a snatch and clean and jerk is, you know, that, that, that doesn't really look like hunting. Um, there are some aspects of that that can make you, you know, bring in some flexibility and, um, some athleticism, but, uh, the actual stimulus where, you know, I'm moving as much as I can, as fast as I can, really didn't transfer over. So I will say that, you know, it took me, it did take some acclimating and, and to do some other endurance events. So where I was fortunate was right before the hunting season, the the wifey, Jeremy, had signed me up for uh, a trail run, which was really crazy. So um, I was able to acclimate to the hunting season about a week before where she had me into this trail run. So I would also say if you if you can work on and focus on being strong and bearing some load, if you are going to be on like a Western style pack hunt like we've done, or you know, um, like you said, you're going nine miles into the woods and, and you got to pack an animal out, you you, you do want to make sure that you are getting some sort of that in, and um, I think you can do that by doing simple things lifestyle wise, like being on your feet. I would tell you any hunter who's going into the woods. Um, for a full weekend or a full day or even like a big if you're fortunate enough to block out your time enough where you can spend four days or even seven days in the woods if you're not just spending time on your feet all day you're going to have a real hard time just being in the woods all day oh absolutely so um yeah so so get strong get on your feet and uh get some air in your lungs when you can um i know those sound like um some simple things to do to prepare yourself to be fit for the woods. But, um, honestly, if there's anything to the message that, that we could maybe spread with this podcast is, you know, simple is probably better to start, you know, start, Absolutely. With, yep. yeah, start with what you can do and what you will do and then build from there. Yeah. I 100% agree. Cause it's simple always sells. I mean, it's true. Yeah. So, well, we'll try to keep things simple. Um, we'll try to keep things um, applicable, and we'll try to keep things fun um, so you guys can um, prepare your minds and bodies uh, to put an animal down, uh, to fill your first tag, and um, to really enjoy the woods. Is Jeremy, outside of just filling tags and getting strong, um, are there particular benefits that, that you've experienced to just simply being in the woods and getting outside? Yeah, you know, you end up pushing yourself beyond your limits sometimes and you can and it's a time to be out there in God's country and and it's most of the time you're kind of by yourself and you're going through the woods and you see the wildlife and it just there it turns into a huge appreciation of what God has created. So yeah, it, it's a it's a peace of mind for me. That's what I love about it. I didn't start hunting until I was 21 years old. And then once I did, it was just like I just love being out in the woods. I love seeing wild game all over. I've seen every animal, you know, in the Pacific Northwest. And it's just fun to sit there, watch, learn, and, you know, and really just push myself beyond my limits, too, and, and to know that I can endure a lot more than I can. Well, I think I can, anyway. Yeah, and that's what's interesting, because my wife's always asking me. She's like, you know, because I picked this up late. I mean, I picked it up later than you. I was... um. Man, when I went on my first hunt, it was in West Point, New York, uh, three years ago. Man, I was um, I was going on 35 years old. Um, and even now, she's like, well, why do you like it? And at first, I thought, well, I want the meat. 
Right. I, I right. want I want high quality protein. But you know, even this year, I've had so much fun, and the highlight of that, or an an interesting asterisk to that fun and enjoyment, is the fact that for me personally, it was a failure in in the sense of filling tags. So for me, the and I, I keep going back to if I had to prioritize what I enjoy about hunting, um, it's the experience for me. Like I get so much pleasure out of just being alone in the woods and just settling down and unplugging and just experiencing areas of our country, which are beautiful that, that I think people are really just experiencing on computer screens now to actually get on the woods and get in there um, to take a nap in the rain, um, to storm up a hill, um, to to find a pile of cougar shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's that's wild stuff to come across. You know what I mean? And, it is. Um, you you gather up all these experiences, and and man, they add up. And I can't I can't articulate what it's done. Um, just for my peace of mind, uh, just just be in the woods and spend uh, time out there. Well, you know, and what's amazing is when, and, and what I love, it's that rush, right? Is when you do see an animal, and then all of a sudden you kick into. I mean, it, it is bizarre. It's it's like you go into a whole different world when you start putting on that stock and you start still hunting towards this animal, and it's like all of a sudden you just forget about everything in the world, and it's this this um area of focus that you get into and it's pretty intense and then even if you don't get the animal and you're done you're like oh my gosh that was intense and then i mean it's really bizarre well i think what it's, you're a, whole, it's into, a whole state of mind there's a really cool book um and it's called um uh, it's called the rise of superman and what yep. the rise of superman is about it's about extreme athletes who do like uh you know like skateboarding skydiving um big wave surfing and how they get into flow states and mm -hmm. um you know, you played football, I played football, and that, that flow state, or anyone who's played sports or just got out and then played, that flow state is where you're just in this, you're, top, you're, you're out of your mind and you're just doing. And in hunting, you can zero into focus and find that. And um, uh, as we close this thing out, I can give you one example. Um, as for me, a final exam to my first hunting season out in western Washington, I felt like I had to do a, a solo hunt. Now, don't tell my wife I did this. But, um, you know, I went out to that deer spot where you put down, um, you put down that little black tail and, um, it, you know, it was a flat spot, a safe spot. I felt pretty good going there, confident, knew the area, um, on X maps really gave me some confidence to get out there and know that I would be fine. I was close to a road, had cell service. So, um, but you know, I'm walking down the trail, uh, the trail zero, uh, the, the trail kind of narrows down to nowhere and then it's just all of a sudden it's kind of a skid road. Then the skid road turns into to, to woods. And then, you know, about 20 yards into that, I'm on a game trail. And all of a sudden, banging in the woods. And I could hear the animal breathing. And then it got silent. And I'll tell you, for about the next 20 minutes, I've <laughs> dialed in to everything going around me like I've never been in my life. Oh, uh, it's bizarre. It is. It's the greatest drug on earth. You know what I mean? It is. And it might be adrenaline. I don't know what it is. It might be that flow state I was just talking about getting into. But um, when you're doing something that matters and you're focused on it and you're kind of nervous and there's just an element of danger, um, there's something about it that's just addictive. 
you know, it's completely addictive. And, you know, that was part of the reason I got into hunting is my father did it and uh, my, my biological father. And I was a pro amateur skateboarder. So I knew exactly when I read that the book, uh, The Rise of Superman, I was like, I can totally relate because I have been in so many flow states in my life. And when I got into hunting and my body's breaking down and I'm 21, you know, and you wouldn't think your body breaks down. But when you're extreme like that, it does. And so then I get out there hunting and I'm like, well, this is the next level for me. Plus, you know, the wife, kids come in and um, it's less invasive on the body and not going to smack my head and get concussions and stuff. So it's just super intense, man. Yeah. And, and I think intensity is something that, you know, there's there's an aspect to this podcast that um, I don't want to turn I don't want to turn women away from the show at all. I think this could be for any hunter who's experiencing this, but to to some degree I would really like this podcast to also be a place where where guys can be guys and and guys can sort out their guys can find things that bring meaning into their life because I th- I think that those opportunities in in this kind of like western landscape where life is so easy in this country like you know just by being blessed to be born in America, I mean, you're pretty much guaranteed to be 50 years old and you can live whatever life you'd like. But, you know, for, for men in particular, if there's not struggle, if there's not intensity, if there's not hard, if there's not camaraderie, I think you can you can live an unfulfilled life. And to be honest with you, I think hunting can can really do that for most men who are kind of searching for, for, for meaning and joy in their life. Because I know... For a guy who was feeling pretty happy and good about himself, man, I I look back now on my last few years, and I'm like, how was I getting through it without spending time in the woods? You know what I mean? So, <laughs> right. <laughs> so so in that aspect, that that's important for me. Um, I'm not saying that this has to be a boys-only club or this isn't going to be some men's group, um, but what it, what it is going to be is I, whether I'm going to slant it in that direction, um, but I, I really think that there's a gap in – men being happy in this country. And I really think a lot of those guys who are unfulfilled or unhappy can, can find that happiness by just getting in the woods. And that's not to say you have to fill a tag and put an animal down, but man, if you put some boots on your feet and, and you go charge a mountain, um, I really think you feel better about yourself. I agree. You know, that's part of the hunting I love too, is coming back to camp. Everybody's there. You're sharing your stories. Everybody's got an experience. They just, um, experienced and, and then you go back out and you kind of solo it up a little bit or you go in groups and you learn together and there's just something about that that's it's fulfilling. That's At the it. end of the five days, six days, it's fulfilling. I mean, I've done a lot of stuff where I went solo hunting and, and, and guys love going out solo hunting and I respect that and everything, but it's just not my deal. I like sharing my experiences with all my friends and just learning and I mean, every year everybody gets mad because I always invite somebody to camp. But it's just because my heart says I just want to help this person out, help them get a tag or experience something or, <laughs> you know. Well, now you're just, telling me, so I was the guy you invited this year, so no one wanted me there. Is that what you're saying? No, um, no. Everybody's <laughs> – no, you're a good egg. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm kidding on that regard. But um, no, and, and so when you lay out – and, and let's, let's close on this final point and um, maybe just, to, again, to, to just help people decide if this is the podcast for them in, in some aspect. Because, you know, if you do tune in, we really want to help you, um, whether that's Jeremy helping you in the way he's helped me to have a – even though I didn't feel a tag, to have, really feel like I learned a ton in the woods and set myself up to fill tags in the future. Or 
um, to some degree, if it's me, you know, giving you a, a fitness tip or a training idea that, that's going to help you build some resiliency and strength for the woods. But um, maybe laying out what, what, what the ideal hunt is for you, Jeremy, if you could, you know, let's say, let's say the good man came down and said, you know what, Jeremy, I'm going to give you three days in the woods, wherever you want, chasing what you want with what you want and who you want. Um, what, what would that three days look like, your ideal hunt? Well, you know, I'd probably invite all, you know, my seven, eight, ten best friends and um, really just, you know, what's nice about the hunting and everything is the preparation, right? Everything's about preparation. If you prepare, you're going to be successful. You're going to have a good time. Everybody's going to have. So it's that months before where you prepare and you're talking about the meal plan. You talk about um, what we're going to do. Where we're going to hunt, what area, what region, um, you have this task, you try to figure out, you know, what the ratio is and, um, how much open land there is and blah, blah, blah. So I think it would really just be invite my eight best friends and we just go out there and get after it and have a good time. Is there, um, it, and is there a particular form? Um, would this be kind of uh, people can get an idea of what hunting is in their head? Maybe if you're back east, it's sitting in a tree stand for eight hours. You know, maybe if you're out west, you're, you know, you're you're hiking two miles back to the top of a, a big knob and, and you're glassing all day and then putting the spot and stalk on. Or, you know, for me, um, I fell in love with hunting in Western Washington. I, for lack of a better word. I I love the heart of being in thick, wet, nasty timber and, you know, where all of a sudden you're nothing all day and then all of a sudden you're on a bunch of action, which is yeah. crazy because you're just, you're hunting in all these little dark confined rooms for me. Um, and, and maybe it's just because I've, I don't know, I feel like I have a chip on my shoulder a lot of time where I want to do stuff that people say you shouldn't do. And all I heard is how hard hunting Western Washington would be and, and how there's low success rates, and, you know, even being in Washington, I was kind of surprised at how most of the local hunters are kind of not happy with the way game is managed in this state and how complicated it is, but um, having done it, I take almost as much pride in saying that that's what I like to do because most people kind of turn their head sideways, you know, because we're, we're in the mid, you know, you can go to Idaho, you can go to Montana, you can go down to Oregon where maybe success rates are a little bit better, but... Um, for me, my ideal hunt would just be one to do the hardest one I could because at the end of the day, um, even if I don't come in with a tag filled, I can say, "Well, I did that." You know, I tried to conquer yeah. that. Or I tried to conquer that ground. Yeah, I agree. So, um, I, go ahead. So we're kind of <laughs> kind of talking over each other here at the end here, but uh, probably a good good place to stop, guys. Uh, uh, you want to get out in the woods, you want to cover ground, you want to fill tags, and you, and you want to be physically capable enough to do that. Um, I really think this is the podcast for you guys. So um, um, backcountry and barbells, um, we'll try to give you a little bit of both each show in the effort to help you fill a freezer, fill a tag, and um, enjoy the experience while you do it. Jeremy, uh, closing thought for you on this. Um, did I miss anybody and who we might be trying to speak to? No, I think you hit it right on the the nail there. It's it's for the novice guy that just wants to get out there, experience it, and is a family man, a businessman, just people that don't have much time. 
They yeah. just want to get after it, fill the freezer, and, and, and enjoy the company of their fellow foe. That's it. Well, we'll, we'll recommend, you know, you know, we'll get you on the right moon phase as long as that moon phase lines up with the date that um, you and the missus have earmarked um, months in advance, right? So um, we'll fire it up, guys. Um, I'm Joe Shamanic. Um, in future episodes, um, we'll lay out uh, my particular expertise in, in training and fitness and strength and conditioning and how those would help you in the woods. And then um, Jeremy Day... Um, uh, experienced western hunter uh jeremy laid out real quick grew up in idaho you spent a lot of time hunting in oregon and and now you're out here killing it in western washington right yeah exactly yeah i was born and raised in idaho um twin falls lived there in twin falls boise for until i was about 13 and then we moved to portland oregon and then um when i got out of high school uh, we went back to idaho my wife and i and then um I started hunting when I was about 21, hunted Idaho for two years, shot a couple deer over there, and then moved over back to Oregon to raise a family, and we had our first son, and then um, hunted a lot in Oregon, and then, yeah, we moved to Washington about 10 years ago, and me, you know, um, kind of touching on hunting a little bit, I what I love more than anything is just going to different areas mm all the time. I'll go, I, I, I rarely ever go to the same area every single year. I like choosing a different spot just for the experiences. There it is. So the, the curious, the curious hunter as well. Right. Yep. And that's funny too. Cause everyone talks about the spot, the spot, you gotta have a spot. What's your spot? Um, and I've never, maybe I haven't been hunting long enough. Like I don't ever take ownership of an area, especially on public land. So I would tell you this too, like, there's one other aspect of this podcast I think is important is the the public land a- aspect of it. Mm-hmm. The fact that, you know, we do have the benefit in this country of having access to vast amounts of public lands, especially out here in the West. And um, I think, too, to, so people know that you don't need to have 500 acres of private pristine land that's manicured, you know, like a golf course. I mean, we have got off on, you know— land that's open to everybody and everybody can take access or take advantage of this stuff. So even maybe the public land hunter too is another characteristic that I think is probably super important for folks um, who might want to tune into the show. Absolutely. So, so there it is guys. We laid out a couple kind of talking through them as we go, but um, the show will expand um, based on um, how we meet the needs of our listeners. And that's you guys. So you're, you're an integral part of it. So um. Um, yeah, I'll be touching base on about 12 to diff, uh, 14 different topics within the hunting realm. So um, just starting with, you know, the, the preparation all the way down to um, best time of the day to hunt. I mean, there's a lot of different areas where we're going to go into over the course of the year. Yeah, and I think the same thing will go along with the training aspects. You know, how do you start mm-hmm. a new training program? How do you implement the barbell? What are some alternative ways to um, to train on a budget? Uh, other equipment needs? How do you, you know, what is functional fitness? I like CrossFit. What can you do from that? And I think, um, you know, with my experience in strength and conditioning, we can take that into a lot of places. So, um, and we'll do that. Um, 
so so look forward to all that as you go. Um, like I said, the next two episodes that'll come across to you guys, or as we batch these beginnings, we'll we'll delve a little deeper into Jeremy's background and my background and how they can help you. But um, really just setting the motivations for who we're trying to help in this initial show of uh, back country and barbell. So um, Jeremy, I can't tell you enough how excited I am to do this and, and for me just to learn more about being in the field um, and and to really share some stories and learn some stories. So I'm fired up, man. Me too. I think we're going to have a lot of fun and um, I think people are going to get out of it a lot more than they think they're going to. Cool. And you know who two of those guys are going to be? Probably us. Amen. (laughs) Amen, brother. (laughs) Well, uh, a ton of fun. Really looking forward to it, gang. Um, Stick with us. Back Country and Barbells. I'm Joe Shimonic and the other guy is... Jeremy Day. All right, guys, take it easy. Gang, I hope you enjoyed that content. Um, We were fired up to bring it from you. Guys, as a reminder, just check out our partners. That would be PR Lifting. And also, if you can, we'd love to have your support with the Sendivet Foundation. Also, guys, remember, please, the best way to support the show Share it with your training partners. Share it with your hunting partners. And um, do what you can to review it and talk about it. Thanks a bunch, guys. And happy hunting.